that's good. In, in a way, you know, kind yeah. of around the same thing. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it did a lot after this movie came out. Obviously, they say that this did for sharks what Psycho did for showers, right? This is like the equivalent. Yeah. People are yeah. afraid of showers after Psycho. People were afraid to get in the ocean after this. And actually, it did a real bad thing for like beach tourism mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, I can imagine. I mean. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's actually taken decades of like, you know, conservation and, you know, information spreading from from conservationists and shark experts and stuff to get people to understand hey sharks aren't really like rogue hunters like they right. are in these movies right and right so sure lots of people had nightmares but well mine was mainly you know because watching like freddy Krueger's and you know child's play and stuff like that those were from you know i wouldn't ever scared of dolls but it wasn't so much like the the actual thing that you're supposed to be scared of you know it's just that actually the the fear of it all yeah and the evil behind it. yeah yeah more about the evilness or you know i guess the um the existential threat yeah or whatever so um today we're going to be talking about jaws this movie came out in 1975 it was directed by steven spielberg uh the writers for this was carl gottlieb and uh peter benchley uh, Peter Benchley wrote the book, the novel for this, and it was eventually turned into a screenplay that he helped write as well. But there was a lot of writing mm-hmm. that went into this, or I mean, a lot of writers that went into this, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, the stars of this movie uh, stars Roy Schneider as Chief Brody, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Shaw as Quint, it stars uh, Rot- uh, Richard Dreyfus. As Hooper, and he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Um, did you ever really get into any type of no. Richard Dreyfuss movie? Uh, well, I mean, Close he, Encounter, yeah, and Mr. And Holland's Opus. But that's the age that I'm used to him being. You know what I the mean? The younger or the older? The older. The older. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, in the '90s he played some roles where he looked like Mr. Holland's Opus. He wasn't that old, but he played mm-hmm. somebody that that looked older like that. Well, it's it's funny because you know I was watching the movie, and when he said that that's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> I didn't realize that's where that that production company Brian is Singers. from. I didn't realize until maybe five, ten years ago when I watched this one time, and I saw that. I'm like, huh, that came from Brian. And I forget every time I rewatch this, and mm-hmm. he's like, that's some bad hat, Harry. I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, because that, that was on every episode of House, which yeah. I loved House. Yeah. And Brian Singer, you know, executive produced that. But, I mean, all the X-Men yeah. movies and all that, you have all that, you know, mm-hmm. the, that's some bad hat, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I know that so well. I must have watched House a lot, and I well, did. Well, and, and I know, like, like with J.J. Abrams, his is... Uh, bad Robot. Yeah, Bad Robot. And I knew that one. You know, like, I, I did not know... Did that come from anywhere? Mm, that you know th- of? No, not that I know of, no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting that, you know, when you revisit older movies and you realize certain things in pop culture that are just embedded there and has always been there, you forget that they actually come from places and where they come from. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Richard Dreyfuss says Hooper. um, It has uh, the stars Lorraine Gary as Ellen Brody. Um, That's uh, Alicia's, I think, favorite character. Yeah. You know, the mama. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, Murray Hamilton as the Mayor Vaughn and many others. Um, 
Okay, so this was this was like a make it or break it type film for Spielberg. Right. Right. Yeah. I think he had done uh what was it, nineteen forty one? He had done uh Sugarland Express, he had done Duel, yeah, a couple other mm-hmm. things and everything. But this was really his make it or break it, you know. It's before he did um Indiana Jones or Jurassic Parks yeah. or any of those movies, The Color Purple, Schindler's List and all that. Um, he did Jaws, and this was, and when I say make it or break it, the production of this movie was insane. Yeah. So it was so behind schedule, but above budget, and, and it just got out of hand after a while, and the shark was hard to work with. There was a mechanical mm-hmm. shark named Bruce, very hard to work with. Um, I think they, besides Bruce, they call it uh, the son of a bitchin' rig because they were mm-hmm. so fed up with how the rig was. Um, in fact, one time, him... Uh, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas, and some other friend snuck into where they were keeping the prop shark, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they're kind of playing around with it. George Lucas put his head in it, and yeah. uh, Steven Spielberg and his friend went to go shut it, you know, to clamp his head in there. But then it actually got stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> George Lucas's head got stuck in there. Yeah, and they had to like quickly get out, and then they beat feet out of there because they thought they broke it. But I mean, this this mechanical shark it was just a nightmare yeah but because of that it produced a better movie mm-hmm. because um when you're scared of anything you know we've talked about this you know when you're scared of something it's really the fear of it right mm-hmm. when you actually see the thing you see it yeah but your imagination can conjure up so many different things so like in not seeing it and just teasing it and everything it's ultimately more scary because it's the scariest thing that you can think of because you're trying to think of the scariest thing right Mm -hmm. so it's the scariest thing you can think of but once it's shown like that's it that's as scary as it gets you know so then you're just left like okay now i see it and you know a lot of the fear is taken away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same thing with Freddy Krueger. You know, he had, what are we saying, the trivia thing. He had, what, seven minutes? Seven minutes of scream time? Yeah. 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 In that first one? In that first one, Freddy Krueger only had seven minutes of screen time. Jaws, the, the shark pretty much had about the same, I imagine. I didn't look at, actually, like, how much screen time they had. Yeah. But because they had so much problems with the shark and they couldn't really show it, it caused them to get creative. And, you know, mm-hmm. Spielberg, he came up with the shots of oh let's let's have it be the shark's point of view and see what it looks like coming up with all these legs swimming you know coming up after the legs and everything Mm and um the barrels the yellow barrels that he had on the boat i mean that was another way to show the shark without showing the shark Mm -hmm. and show the ominous and even the power of the shark without having to show it yet before you see the you're going to need a bigger boat Mm -hmm. type of thing so um did you would you rather see the shark more would you rather have it teased like this i mean did you think that that worked did no that work? worked that worked because you know that was the thrill in it all in a way you know what i mean like that was that was the feeling behind it all like you know not knowing where the shark was and where it was going to pop up you know that's that's where i think the fear comes from it's not so much the fact that it's just a big huge jaw coming at you you know what i mean it's actually you know when is that jaw coming? You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's where the fear in this movie is, and that's where it's how it's set up. Yeah, and how it teased it, too, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you see the dog, and the one where they're all going out to the beach, you know, you see the dog going out there, and they're like, where's the dog? And then you see 
a group of kids splashing around, mm-hmm. but then you see this other person on a floaty and then what looks like maybe a fin behind him, but then ends up being bad hat Harry, you know, yeah. coming through swimming. And so there are a lot of different teases for it. And it helps. I think that our main character is afraid of the water yeah, because it instills that extra fear in us. Like, okay, we already are afraid of the water because we know what this movie is about. We know it's about a shark, a giant shark, shark attacks and stuff. But, um, we're also, we also have that extra fear of the main character now too. And how, uh, he's deathly afraid of going in the water. And so like us even watching him put his toe in there, you, you feel like just having that fear of going in the water puts him in extra danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That extra sense of danger or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, from what I hear in the production, though, the uh, you know having to deal with that shark, it's the biggest water production disaster mm-hmm. until what would you say? What was the next one? What was a real big one in the nineties? Well, uh, blue the the uh, deep blue. Oh, you're talking about deep blue sea. Yeah, that one was pretty good. What's one that they like? They they even have universal rides and not rides, but like a show. Oh 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 on. yeah yeah uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That, that I was talking more Waterworld, Kevin Costner. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember okay, you've yeah. heard about like the, <laughs> the right. that whole production. Right. I'm sure we could do like a two hour episode on that. Just just a crap. But I mean, this seems to have been like the biggest water production disaster until Waterworld, basically. Right, right, so. right. Um, so Spielberg wanted to do Jaws like his dual movie, and if mm-hmm. nobody's seen the dual movie, it's about a truck and a driver, of course. Uh, but this truck that's stalking and pursuing someone, someone without any rhyme or reason, just yeah. like the shark. Yeah. It's just like a, the shark is a killing machine, and the truck is going after uh, another driver. And he just wanted he wanted to do it a lot like that. It just made sense to him to, uh, uh, you know, that's what got him excited about this. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't want to be like a creature feature like, you know, he did um the you know he didn't want to be the trucks and sharks thing so he got real scared about doing this um until he decided to uh, that it would eventually be a, a good thing for him mm-hmm. so um oh <laughs> so here's a question i have for you okay do you think that the location is a character here well it was in cape cod right or, or At martha's vineyard is martha's where they vineyard. filmed it okay. and it's the, the fictional it's not there's not really a, an amity island yeah. up in that yeah. area or whatever this yeah. is a fictional island or whatever but they used. They were going to use Nantucket Island, mm-hmm. um, but a storm. When the scout, the location scout, mm-hmm. was going towards Nantucket, uh, there was a storm, and they got diverted to Martha's Vineyard. And when he went to Martha's Vineyard, he's like, "Oh, you know, this is great." And they ended up liking Martha Martha's Vineyard a lot. But I figured, just the location of the beach, the island, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just so recognizable when you come back to this. Are you right. researching? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you want to say anything? Did you find anything? No. Oh, okay. I, I was just like that thing with the... Uh, well, I did kind of want to say something at the beginning. Okay. About the beginning. Okay. Because when she said, that cop said, um, the karate club was knocking, to, or karate chopping the picket fences. Who was? The karate chop, uh, the karate club or the karate studio Which was... scene was that? The very beginning when he's going into the office and having these minor little things to worry about. Oh, okay. You know, okay. in the city, you know, in the town that he's in, you know, and he's the sheriff there and everything else like that. And all that he's having to worry about is, you know, the karate studio chopping picket fences. Yeah, that was the only crime there. 
<laughs> before <laughs> before Jaws showed up. And that was before karate was even popular in right. movies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I guess you had martial arts movies back in the day and everything, but... Um, yeah, and then Karate Kid, I think, killed the karate mm-hmm. um, fran not franchise, but you know, it, it killed the uh, karate way of life, and it just wasn't seen as cool right. anymore. Well, I don't know, I don't know, because I mean, I think we had like a resurgence with it too, you know, with especially all these martial art movies that were coming out in the nineties, you know, in the nineties. Yeah, because I mean, there was definitely a resurgence. Of yeah, it but I don't know if anybody was getting into karate though. Yeah. They were because I remember when I was a kid too. It was it was kind of I thought more like other type forms of martial art like um, jujitsu. No, karate's always been like the big one, like the one that original. And then we started getting like you know jujitsu. You got uh, from you know South America in America like at least. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. These have been around for a while, but right? I'm just Kung Fu, you know, uh, Taekwondo, things like mm-hmm. that. You know, those those weren't all as popular as just straight up karate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, let's get started. We'll go through this as we go. You, we were talking about Richard Dreyfus and how much I like him. My favorite mm-hmm. movie of his is Mr. Holland's Opus, yeah. which we've talked about. We needed to watch sometime. Mm-hmm. I know you said you hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So we need to get through that because it's a really good movie. Um, but George Lucas actually suggested Richard Dreyfus to Steven Spielberg mm. because, remember, uh, Richard Dreyfus was in American Graffiti. Yes. Um, which was before, obviously, before this and before um, Star Wars was made and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw, on the other hand, they hated each other. Yeah, they 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 were not fans of each other, and you know they they constantly kind of butted heads, or maybe more just their personalities. I don't know if they ever actually really got into it, but um, he didn't. You know, Robert Shaw didn't have very nice things to say about Richard Dreyfus. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Robert Shaw was also saying that the island that they were filming on was filled with incest mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And I think they even got shot at mm. him and his wife or something when mm-hmm. they first came there. But crazy. crazy. So the opening, the opening of this with this first character of the beach and the island and everything uh, has Chrissy. And that immediately reminded me of Stranger Things. And I know you haven't gotten into Stranger mm-hmm. Things 4 yet, but you'll see who Chrissy is in the first episode. Yeah. And immediately, immediately reminded me of that. But Chrissy's death was so brutal and horrifying. The way she was screaming oh, yeah. when she was oh, yeah. being drug around by the it, shark. Like that on the screen, you know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah, and it was just like her scream was really just brutal and horrifying, mm-hmm. right? I guess when they dubbed it or whatever, she was mm-hmm. look looking up and they were pouring water in her mouth when she was doing it to make make it more realistic or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's it's very very horrifying. And the fact that that guy was just he passed out on the beach. He was trying to get undressed and go out there, but, yeah, but he's, he's just, like, and he's like, "I'm coming, I'm coming." And that makes it even more horrifying is that you have somebody, the only person that knows you're in the water, you're expecting to come out. And the fact that they're they've decided to just pass out on the beach and everything, mm-hmm. and you're truly alone out there. She keeps saying, "I don't want to die. I don't want to die," and everything. Yeah. It's very very good scene the mm-hmm. way that that was yeah. dubbed and shot and everything. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it was shot, but it was so dark there that you can really even see expressions so much on her face that well. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell they filmed it in like either early morning or late mm-hmm. afternoon or you know late evening late or whatever, evening, yeah. and then just you know pitch down the uh, mm-hmm. the brightness or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so she gets attacked, and then uh, you know. Uh, Chief Brody gets called in after dealing with the karate stuff. He goes down to the beach and they find her the body. Stuff. The karate stuff. They find her body with the the crabs on it, and the medical examiner says, "Yeah, shark attack." Yeah, you know, obviously not a big deal, right? And then suddenly the mayor's nearby and he hears him t- talking about shark attack, and he's like, uh, "What's going on here?" And you know, the one dude's going off to make signs and everything, but by the time the mayor catches up to Brody. He's got the medical examiner with him, along with, like, the rest of the, the, the city council, right? <clears throat> you know, and later on, when, when Brody's, you know, um, when he's criticized for not doing more, I just don't know, you know, how it is or why it is that he's, you know, he's taking the, 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 the brunt of that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, you know, my, my thing is, is why why does Brody take the heat later on for that? You know, he was told shark mm-hmm. by the medical examiner. And then when he got on the boat, he was told it was a boating accident, which it didn't seem like Brody didn't believe him. He was like, oh, OK. Well, he, the mayor's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I don't know. I was told it was a shark. You know, like like he, oh, OK, well, thank God it's not a shark and everything. But, you know, obviously he's still going to be paranoid now. And uh, so the lady slaps him later on, but mm-hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, that that's going to go on the mayor because the mayor told him that it was this. And you could tell that he's paid off uh, medical examiners right, or right, whatever. Right. And um, in the book, the mayor is actually beholden to the mafia. What? Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually, what he's doing is all the money that they make whenever they come out here yeah. for, for the summertime, the, the 4th of July or whatever. Actually, you know, the, the the money, he owes the mafia a lot of money. And I guess, you know, they got representatives out there or whatever. But all of that, you know, then that's the reason he wants the beaches open because he's he's got to make that money and everything. Right. So, I mean, I just thought that was that was funny. But it, it goes, the thing about this movie is made a lot more simplistic than it is in the book. Which is fine because, you know, and which is crazy also too at the same time. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool that they do that. But the crazy thing is, is that you have a movie that's about a shark in the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a large shark. It's a very, very big shark. But that's it's not. It, it's not like a giant shark or a dinosaur shark or something a like that. Or something. Yeah, like something that probably could, probably won't exist that big. But it's a realistic it could. Thing. It could. Yeah. And to make a movie about that, it's like doing Lake Placid. You know what I mean? Where it's you know the fact that they can make a whole movie, a two-hour movie. Around a, a just something that's naturally could happen that yeah. people it just shows how stupid people are. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, but they got to make it a little bit more intense than it normally would be, right? Right. So normally right. sharks wouldn't go after humans. I've heard that they don't even like the taste of humans, no, or whatever. But you know, the humans mimic that that stuff, and you know, it's even said in the movie, right? It said, "Is it true?" What do they say? Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about 10 feet from the beach? Yeah. Because that's where people swim. Yeah, exactly. And say, you know, you, you want to take the statistic. Well, most are shark attacks. They, then you're like, oh, well, I better not go swimming. Well, they take place there because that's where people swim. Well, and if mo- we swam and- everywhere, 
they they attack like you know people in wetsuits and things like that is because they think they're seals. Right. That's like their favorite meal. Is the way seals. that the light hits the so, wetsuit makes it look. And also like that. seals, you know, hang out on the shore yeah. in, in the in the shallow part of the uh, of the beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of. I think it's not so much for the people as it is for like seals and things like that. Yeah, you know? the statistic is is pointless anyway, is because we're not swimming out in the deep ocean, so of course no attacks are going to really take place out there. You know, so right. I just thought that was funny, but um, so uh, so anyways, they uh, they they have this scene where um, everybody's out at the beach again. You know, uh, Brody and his and he's wife are there, like, biting his nails the entire time. Yeah, you know? he's real nervous. Doesn't want to be there. But remember, he doesn't like water. You know, he goes on ferries sometimes, and he's not happy about right. that. And I love that and he sits in the car. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they all go to this this beach. And it's not the Fourth of July yet, but they're all at the uh, they're all at the beach right now. They're just you know, and you have like the kid that's in red red swim trunks, right? Right. right Where have right. we seen that before? Where the color is red and, and that color is important. And we uh, all Schindler, Schindler's List. That yes, that's a good one. And then all, I was another one I was actually thinking of was one that we've only watched once, which yeah. is The Sixth Sense. Right. Red means a lot in these movies and uh um especially like you said schindler's list uh, the 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 girl the, it's all black and white except for the girl in the red coat so that's where that's what uh uh steven spielberg wants you to watch mm-hmm. he knows is important this kid that's in red trunks with his mom in the yellow hat it's like kind of color coordinated because he's on the yellow floaty out mm-hmm. in the ocean so you know that the yellow belongs to the yellow hat you know, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's, you know, just real cool thing with colors and everything. But um, definitely follow the kid with the yellow uh, swim trunks. He goes out there. There's a lot of people out there. And every every time, you know, somebody comes up and talks to him, he's kind of looking at him, but he's kind of still looking out in the ocean like, what's going You know, hopefully nothing mm-hmm. pops up or whatever. And then you see this real cool scene of just like the shark just rolling over right. and the blood coming out and the, the kid there. And, you know, then everybody starts and everybody sees it, too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be this thing like where Brody was the only one that saw it. and He was going to be called this paranoid person mm-hmm. or whatever. But seeing that everybody saw it, everybody starts to, to get out. But right before that happens, they do a dolly zoom. Do you know what a dolly zoom is? So do you remember that part where as soon as the shark attacks, it kind of zooms in on Brody's face, but the background looks like it's kind of zooming oh, out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I've always loved you. these things, and they're called dolly zooms. Yeah. And it's basically when you're trying to kind of warp the background but keep the, the, the subject in the foreground at the same size, but it's just uh, supposed to give you a little bit of unease, and it's basically on this one, it's it's like the uh, the dolly is zoomed uh, or is pulled out, but the zoo they are zooming into it, mm-hmm. and as they go forward with the dolly, they zoom out as well. So it keeps the same the person in the same size, but it warps the background, and it's always such a cool little trick, you know, meant to make you, uh, uh, you know, yeah, kind of uneasy or whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I have this thing to say about Hooper first, but okay. we'll, we'll get to this uh, other part. So, uh, anyways, there's uh, there's the, the you know the coroner tells him it's this the you know the uh, the 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 shark kills that that boy Alex Kinter and everything, and then a bounty's placed on the shark, and this is where we get to meet Quint, you know, at the town meeting. Uh, and he offers, uh, you know, which is then the price that he offers like nowadays would be like, OK, 10,000. Yeah. 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 Back then it was probably like, oh, man, that's a lot of money, you know, exactly. It's like, 
I think the bounty was what three thousand they posted, and he's like, "No, nah, I'll take ten. ten. Yeah. Now, do you remember the Psych episode that that they did on this? Oh, I do know. So Psych, uh, the show that me and Andrew both love, um, they'll spoof things every once in a while. You know, they've spoofed Jason. Right. They've spoofed um, a lot of things, and they've even had some of the stars from those movies, like The Breakfast and TV, Club, and TV shows and- actually in the show. All that stuff, and you know the. Uh, I think there there was something to say uh, like on that board that says the head, the tail, the whole damn fish, or something like that. Yeah, and that's what the episode of Psych is called. It's like the head, the tail, the whole damn thing, or something like that. But um, it's all this, and it's hilarious because I when in this movie it happened, I started laughing because I'm thinking of Sean. Right, right. right, right you right. remember when Quint goes like this on the chalkboard and he scratches down and it makes yes. that scratching yes. sound and everything. First of all, the dude needs to cut his nails. Right? I know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's the nails on a chalkboard, and I don't know if that was a saying before this movie or whatever. Yeah. But um, he did that. But in Psych, <laughs> they all instead of having all the information up on a chalkboard, it's on a dry erase board. So Sean turns around and he, he goes like this, it, yeah. and he's like, and like nothing's happening. And Gus is like, Sean, it's a dry erase board. It's not gonna make any noise. Right, right, right. So he's like, and then he does it again. But then he's like, screech with his own voice and everything. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, so I love that show. Yeah, I do too. And Quint offers for $10,000 and people are like, all right, man, you sound a little crazy. You know, you could tell they're all like, okay, this guy's a, you know, and they all know him and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he kind of scares them a little bit. So like, yeah, we'll keep that in mind, but nobody wants to pay him $10,000 right now. No. Um, but right about this time, <clears throat> because of this, um, uh, well, because you know, he, he doesn't want, here's the thing. The mayor is very, uh, he he's just all for show. He's very fake, you know. He he um he he wouldn't want to pay that amount of money. And yeah. the sheriff knows that he can't really address. He can't pay that money because the mayor is going to have to sign off on that, you know. And he knows the mayor is not going to do it, yeah. but for some crazy old guy that is coming in saying he's some sort of uh, shark expert or whatever, you know, and that he'll catch it or whatever. And yeah, because as mayor. He's not. He just he just money. wanted to sweep it under the rug. The whole right. situation, you know. He wants to get Fourth of July going, right? You know. And as mayor, he's not going to be spending. I mean, he'd spend money to pay them to do that and everything. But he's not going to. It's not like he's making any money off of the Fourth of July. It's just all the businesses mm-hmm. are. You know, in the book, it explains that all these businesses are shutting down and everything, mm-hmm. and they don't get. But I mean, it's because you know they get all their stuff in the summertime, and if they don't get that, then you know by springtime they're, they're all going to be on welfare or something. Mm-hmm. But. Um, <clears throat> So right around this time, you know, just like in Psych, you know, everybody finds out about the award and everybody jumps in their boats and the scene is chaos. You know, you have all these different people chumming the waters with some, you know, I mean, they're just pouring blood into the water and everything. And people are throwing sticks of dynamite out into the water and it's just nuts. You know, everybody's going nuts. And obviously the shark's not, you know, throwing dynamite and all these boats and stuff. It's going to take off. It likes pretty much the sheriff does the only smart thing. Right. It likes to pick people off. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he, uh, you know, calls the, uh, I don't know, oceanography uh institute or whatever it's called but um who matt hooper who's an oceanographer comes out and you know there's a story about him and sharks and everything and the reason that he studies sharks but um anyways hooper comes out and you know i i love richard dreyfus's energy i love that he's like very very smart but he can just be a smart ass as well sometimes and you know makes these little comments like it's so weird to see him so young 
Yeah, mm-hmm. when he's driving the boat uh, uh, towards the end, and he's like, "I don't have to take this abuse much longer." <laughs> you know, and but yeah, he does look very young with his beard and everything. But um, uh, anyways, he he examines Chrissy's remains, and he's like, "Yeah, that's definitely a shark." And based on the bite radius, another psych thing that they do, mm-hmm. um, it's a unusually large shark. It's basically what they call a man eater. Yeah, and uh, it's got to be a shark that's big enough too, because I mean, you have certain sharks; they might kill you or whatever. They're not going to eat you if you're too big or whatever. So. Um, it has to be one that will be able to eat somebody or swallow them whole, um, or at least body parts whole. So, uh, in the end, you know, like a, a shark is eventually caught. It's a tiger shark, um, and everybody's happy. Even the chief is like, "Sweet, we got this. This is great." Uh, this is where um, that Alex boy who died at the previous scene in the water, his mother comes and slaps uh, Brody for. Uh, you know, for letting it happen because he knew it was a shark. But remember, he knew it, but then they told him that that wasn't true and it was a boating accident. Propellers had killed her or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's going on right about the same time that Hooper is trying to tell everybody, wait a minute, guys, this is not the shark. It, it You know, this is a man-eater, but the bite radius doesn't match. So this is not the shark that did it. Yeah. And I'm realizing now, because I've seen that episode so many times, how much Psych just ripped this movie off, mm-hmm. as it tends to do. But, I mean, you know, more paying homage to it and everything. But um, So Hooper's telling Hooper's telling him, he's like, it's not the shark, it's not the shark. And uh, the mayor's like, ah, shut up. And Brody's like, oh, chill out. You know, I'm sure it's the shark. This has got to be the shark. And then once he gets slapped and she's like, you should have known better, then Brody's like, look. I can't just assume things now. That's what I did, and it got this kid killed. So then he went home all depressed, and that's when Hooper came over, and they had a couple drinks and decided, okay, let's go cut the shark open and see if there's any remains in there. Um, In the book, did you know that Hooper actually starts having an affair with Brody's wife? Really? Yeah. I did not know so that. So they, they, they wanted him to be a more likable person in the movie and everything. But in the <laughs> book, uh, Brody was kind of just like a grumpy guy that, you know, was not sure of what he was doing. Hooper was more like proud of his rich background and his Ivy League education and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Brody and his wife fought all the time. And uh, uh, eventually she finds solace in, in Hooper and everything and uh, all that kind of stuff. Hooper actually dies in the book, too, in that cage. But, um, you know, so there's this whole story, this is whole story, you know, whenever, she, whenever he comes over and talks to them and they get together, they start having these affairs and all this kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, so it, it, but obviously they don't do it for the movie, but I thought it was worth mentioning because I'm trying to make a point here that they took out all that other crap from the books which is good for a book if you're reading because you know you're jumping around from story to story so you never nothing ever gets dull you got a few different plot threads and everything to keep Mm -hmm. things interesting but they kept it simple for this movie which I think was smart because people are coming to see a shark movie to see the shark right they're not coming for all the drama of the mafia they're not coming for all the drama of an affair or you know all these different things they're uh, we just want to see a shark and we want to see shark attacks and we want to see people running and trying to fight the shark and that's really all we got it cut out all the other crap right 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 right. so um so anyways they go to um they go to cut open the shark and find and, and and see if there's any remains in it nothing in the shark um and hooper's like look if there was any, if that 
shark had you know eaten pieces off the boy which apparently it had we'd see pieces of the boy and maybe even the girl inside this shark Mm -hmm. and all they find are some like some fish and some trash yeah you know nothing indicating any kind of attack on humans or Mm -hmm. anything um so what he assumes what hooper says is like look we have a great white and well he doesn't say this until he goes down to the boat so um he's like let's go track it after they find out that it's uh, that it's not in there and they go out to where the the attacks have been happening you know the feeding channel or whatever mm-hmm. and I, I i i wrote this down because <laughs> it's always why why is the stupid one always the supposed expert and does something like jump in the ocean and says nothing's going to happen they're like yeah. they're out there and they find this wreckage right they mm-hmm. found one of the boats of one of the crazy yeah. people that went out to hunt the shark and he finds this boat and he's like i'm going to go down there and brody's like uh let's just tow it in come on let's just tow it in why why are you doing let's just tow it in you know brody's a scared he's scared of the ocean he doesn't want to be on this boat um much less have anybody go in the water because remember brody can i'm sure drive a boat he doesn't know where he is though he's not a navigator he's not a, a seaman you know mm-hmm. he doesn't know if if anything happens to hooper he's gonna be stuck on this boat probably yeah so he's kind of begging hooper let's just tow this in and hooper's going come on brody he's like look chief nothing's gonna happen to me and it's like when has that ever worked out? Yeah, it true. happened to work out in this situation, mm-hmm. but but it's always like, <laughs> why would you even do that when yeah. you know you have a great white that's all this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. So he goes down, and they got one of the biggest shocks of the movie is when that head comes out of that hole. They said that was a huge shock. That was done real last minute when they were editing the movie. They went into the editor's backyard pool, mm-hmm. put some milk in there to make it cloudy ocean water and everything, and reshot the scene. They already had Hooper's reaction and everything, but they reshot the scene of the head coming out just to get that extra shock. They needed that extra shock mm-hmm. and everything. So um, they were able to get that in there. But based on that in the boat, Hooper figures out that it was a uh, – it was a it's a great white and they go and try to tell the mayor like we need to shut down these beaches i don't care Mm -hmm. if it's fourth of july weekend you know we Mm -hmm. need to shut down these beaches because this there's a great white that's claimed territory out here and as long as it has food it's going to stay here Mm -hmm. so um again uh a uh another (laughs) another uh, instance of the the mayor just being a complete idiot right yeah it's kind of like a recipe you know for these movies a yeah. lot of movies are like that, you know, and just I was talking about it, I think maybe last episode or something, but you know, there, there's always that recipe, you know, for, for a lot of these movies are all pretty much the same, like background for them. If that makes sense, like, you know, what, what makes a hero or what makes a good villain or, you know, it's usually they, every movie uses the same template you know for these things in the movies and yeah. just like with the mayor that's a template you know somebody of an in, th- in authority you know trying to sweep whatever craziness is happening under the rug you know yeah yeah so you know if you got action movies you know mm-hmm. you got that template the hero's journey or whatever yeah. adventure movies yeah and then in horror movies suspense mm-hmm. movies like this you always have somebody that has to act like I don't think anybody would, but yeah, I mean, obviously they could be caricatures of, you know, just, uh, capitalistic, mm-hmm. uh, people in charge and everything. Right. Right. So, right. Um, depending on what your politics are or whatever. <laughs> so, um, anyways, or whatever. Yeah. So the mayor just says, now nah, we're staying open. You guys just figure out how to make it safe. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we'll just have right above the, you know, right past the swimming area. We just have like 18 boats just going back and forth checking it. 
yeah, that makes people really want to go in. And so come 4th of July, 4th of July opens up and all the tourists are sitting on the beach. Nobody's getting in the water. There's a news report. And the news report, uh, that's actually the um, the author. What was his name? Um, Peter Benchley. Mm. Uh, that the guy who does the, the news report that's Peter Benchley. Okay, so what all. else has he done? Not much, really. Yeah, not that I could see. I didn't do a I didn't do a lot of research on him or anything like that. But this is pretty much like the highlight of his career, though. But I mean, it's an outstanding story. But now that's the thing. I mean, well, his and that's first the book. thing. It was his first book. He was like a writer for a newspaper or something before this. Yeah, uh, and then he they he. I think he saw something, or I, I'm not sure how he, he started writing this or whatever. I didn't look into it because we're movie over book podcast. Or yeah. Whatever. But, yeah, uh, you know, he, he was looking into something. He had a pitch for this, and somebody's like, yeah, write it. He wrote it. They didn't like a lot of it. They had him change a lot. And uh, then once he got really the novel for it set... Then they were able to, you know, start pre-production, like before the novel even came out. Yeah. And that's when they changed, like, he was trying to write the script, but him and Spielberg didn't really like, you know, the the, the way... They had to change a lot with the script and everything. Well, okay. Great first book. Yeah. On another note with this, um, with Spielberg doing this movie, right? Uh Uh-huh. Where would you rate it as far as being, you know, in classification of his movies? Of all time? Yes. I think we've done these. Like, I think on our Minority Report, we did our top 10 Spielberg movies. Did we really? Yeah, and I'm pretty like, sure Jaws was on there somewhere. I want to move this movie way far up on my list. It got, just got yeah. better this time? Yeah, yes, I think that's did. what it is. Because you remember from your childhood, and you're just kind of like, okay, it's Jaws. But then you watch again, and you're like, this is a really There was just movie. so much into it, you know? And, and, and again, all these changes you've told me that they made from the book to the movie, I like the changes in the movie. Yeah, me too. I, I like it better, you know, because with the book... If it was like more like the book, then I don't think it would be as good of a story, you know. And then also like with Steven Spielberg movies, this is going up there in the top three, probably. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it has to be right. Like, yeah. like you can't. People don't want to. Uh, you see, I have a movie of Jaws. It's a creature feature. That's mm-hmm. basically what it boils yeah. down to. I mean, yes, it's the biggest blockbuster, first blockbuster of all time. Set the precedent. It's. Uh, you know, it's a horror movie, it's a suspense movie, but it's also a creature feature. What mm-hmm. what become to uh, become known as and everything. And when you have an audience coming for stuff like that, they don't want to heat. They don't want to go through all this other stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, adding a bunch of you know extraneous storylines that have nothing to do with killing the mm-hmm. shark. Yeah, come here. I want to see the shark eat people, and I want them to go kill the shark. Right. That's what you want in the movie. Right. right so right. yeah, I'm glad that they made a lot of those changes there. And the way that he would build suspense, you know, mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, not showing it. Well, and see how I categorize most movies that are really, really good that I think is that when you get to that point where you feel like you're in the movie and then you just sit back. I mean, I know this, this sounds like I'm drunk or something like that, you know, when I'm saying this, but, you know, you just kind of sit back and then you just look around and you're like, wow. Okay, I'm in my living room watching this movie. You like you feel uh, that's the true sign, in Getting my opinion. In. Yeah, that that's the true sign, in my opinion, of a good movie. Oh yeah. When when you when and for this movie to be as old as it is, the CGI, the the level that it is, like none. <laughs> uh, right, right. You know, it's all anim- practical animatronics. Effects, right. You know, and and for that level, for it to be so good still, to the point where you're just like, 
wow, you're in the movie, and then you just kind of sit back, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, all right, still light outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Oh, there's other things happening around me. Yeah. You know, you're not in, get lost developed. in the movie. Yeah, you don't get lost into it. Yeah. But it's it just, uh, this movie still does that, Yeah, I feel. You know, and, and you know, I'm getting away from the storyline, but, you know, that's just, that's the way this movie, I feel, really kind of makes me feel, and, and I just enjoyed it so much more. It's one of those movies that, that I've said, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it better this time or something. Yeah. Like, this is one of those ones I'm like, I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I remembered. Yeah, that's why I love doing this show is because it makes us go back and, oh, I really like that movie, but we got to watch it before we see it. And we've said that a lot. Oh, I really love that movie, but we haven't seen it in years and years. Yeah. We know we live it from our childhood. So sometimes sometimes uh, we'll go we'll – go, and we'll be like, oh man, I love that movie. And we'll go back and we'll be like, yeah, let's not, let's not, because there's been a few movies that we've planned to do here. Yeah. And we finished watching and we're like, I didn't really feel it. And we don't like reviewing movies that we don't like on the show because mm-hmm. we don't want to be so negative and everything. Um, but it's it's one of these things where every once you either go back and it's never the same really. You get same every once in a while, but usually you either like it more or you don't like it as well that's kind of like how it was with nostalgia effect yeah and that's how i kind of was with uh like what's eating gilbert grape like the second time around i was just like "Eh." yeah yeah and it showed in the episode i think i think whenever we're not a big fan yeah just because we don't want to sit there and bitch about the movie the whole time Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like it just doesn't turn out as good as that like same thing with with honors yeah when we did that episode and toys yeah i mean toys especially but it, it was Still a little bit more nostalgia tends to carry yeah. these movies a lot more than the actual movie anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um it adds an extra punch and then you watch it and you're like, What happened to that extra punch? Just kinda like 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 um my opinion is, you know, some of these like Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that one when I watch it more and more, it doesn't get any better, I don't think. Really? In fact it it kinda gets a little bit not worse, but just kinda like and eh, just doesn't make me want to watch it again. So I could much. see that because it's dated. Yeah, um, it goes back to the fifties, which we couldn't really connect with. We can connect with the eighties mm-hmm. and everything, but and I'm not saying you have to connect to everything. But yeah. between that and the future predictions, we're now past the time. They uh, that's went to the that's future. the big. That's yeah. a biggie one for me. Not the biggest part of it, but that's one of the biggest ones for me. And you know, like same thing with the Indiana Jones. I mean, it it, it was still great movies. I love those movies, but it kind of felt like. I wasn't as interested in it as I I remember being as a kid. See, I got more into Indiana Jones when we did them than I, I, had I did before. But I maybe Especially because I had watched them a lot more often than yeah. some of the older movies that I do. You know, like I'll watch Goonies every couple of years. Yeah. You know, I'll watch. Uh, you know. Um, oh man, I'm just trying to think of some other movies that I only watch. Yeah, stuff like that. Like I'll that. I'll watch those kind of movies. You know, every every couple of years or something like that. But Indiana Jones, I felt like I watched a lot more often than that. And so maybe watching it this other time, I was just like, eh. You know what I mean? I still like Last Crusade was just awesome movie. I love that one. And, and there's something you ju- said about overwatching. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now there's a movie and I've said this since the, the first moment watching it, but like the mummy, I can watch that movie all the time. Yeah. It's one of those, one of those very, very few movies for me. 
that I get can done with it, start it over. I can do that right away and start. The Harry Potter movies are a lot like that, yeah. you know. For me, I can't anymore. <laughs> really? No, well, I mean, I, I love the I Harry Potter didn't watch movies them as the much. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of want to go back to reading the books again. Like I haven't read the books since the first time I read them. Yeah, like I, I didn't reread those ones in particular. It's but so it's a much richer yeah. world. And, yeah, and everything. But. but getting back to this one, you know, that's that's what it is for me. Like. I probably didn't watch it a lot, so I mean, I, I don't even remember the last time I really watched it per se. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're at Fourth of July here, and um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because you know, okay, so first of all, nobody wanted to swim. The mayor encourages one of his lackeys or whatever to get in, so they take their kids, and then suddenly everybody goes in. I don't know if I saw if I was that afraid of sharks that I wasn't going in. If I saw a couple of people go in, if I'd be okay with it, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wait an hour and see see if they're they're good to go." <laughs> you know. Well, and and for me, when I was younger, I never really was. I was scared more of jellyfish because yeah. everybody would talk about jellyfish because they they'll like to hang out around the beach. Do you remember that guy in the apartment complex we knew? He was like a guy that used to go swimming. He was a teenager or something. We were kids. Yeah. But he got stung by a bunch of jellyfish. It was either that or Michael. Maybe it was Michael, our, yeah. our family friend or whatever, whoever he was. Yeah, I mean. But I just remember them talking about peeing on it. That's the first, thing I, that's the first time I had yeah. ever heard of peeing on jellyfish stings and everything. I'm like, what? But I was more afraid of those because I've seen them up close. You know what I mean? And when I was younger, I saw them up close. I was you know, afraid of the undertow. Like, I got told so much when we were younger. It'll pull you out. It'll pull you out. Yeah. So I was a deathly afraid of I think at the time I when I was younger I just didn't really understand that so much like I mean I I knew that there was an undertow and I know you could feel it sometimes but you know I wasn't afraid of it because I didn't feel like you didn't realize the severity didn't realize the severity until I got older obviously same thing with sharks and stuff like that you know as we are when we're kids we don't understand the true danger of that I went to school in California in northern California you know for uh, culinary school and stuff right and so they had a uh, what is it something bay right there next to the sea school uh it was it was a little bit north there was an actual coast guard station there it was a small little tiny one but it's like right near the school by dylan's beach because we had dylan's beach out there by petaluma i I don't know it was like a bay area it was it was like maybe 30 minutes down the road 40 minutes something like that but it was right there and it was per capita like it was had the most great white sharks like in the area, it was on insane. the west coast. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know they were on. No, I know that they were in Australia and other places. I'm sure they're all over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've, it, that's gonna just, yeah. <laughs> you have to look it up now. It's gonna yeah. piss you off if you don't look it up. That's fine. While you're doing that, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so everybody. But I didn't. But I'm sorry. I, no, go ahead. What with me saying that is that we were told you do not get in the water. There's boats there. There's tons of boats and stuff, but I you bet. can't into the bay where all the boats are docked. You do not want to go anywhere near there because there's sharks everywhere there. We were told that from the get go. Were there like uh, not seals, but were there like um, any kind of prey around not there? Not really, because it was just in the where the boats were docked. You know the way oh, it was shaped. So many sharks there. That's crazy. Um, Where was it? It's going to annoy the crap. I mean, you can keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, as they're all playing around and everything, we start seeing a fin. And it's a very fake looking fin, but people go, you know, they have that close up of them going, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then they're, everybody's screaming. And it almost out, made it right? comedic, <laughs> comedic in a way. I mean, it really did. Like, he could have probably left that park out. 
you know, you could see the fear in their face. They they should as actors. I mean, they're probably like they're not even actors. These guys that were probably screaming that stuff were probably just uh, extras and yeah, stuff. Something. But you know, you you could have left the screaming shark because most times if you see it, you're not going to scream at it. Yeah, and and you're going to be like. It reminded me of the old school movies you know, where you have that close pan and they're just like clutching their pearls. Ah, you know, the the two parts that made me laugh in that one, though, there was one guy that pushed these kids off the floaty and he jumped on it and swam. Do you remember that part where he pushed the kids off the floaty yes. with the lilo or yes. whatever? And he just wrecked right through him. <laughs> he didn't push them off. He just went straight through them. But him. then he grabbed the floaty, remember, and he jumped on it. Yeah. He pushed them off. So it wasn't bad enough that he pushed the kids off. Right. But it was bad enough that he thought that that would save him from the shark. Like, he just wanted to get his limbs out of the water, but he thought that, that that was good enough to save him from the shark in two feet of water or whatever it was. Hilarious. And another, <laughs> there was another shot of this woman just holding her child. Do you remember that? She's like, ah, and they're just, while everybody's screaming, she's kind of looking at the camera and she's just screaming, but she's not moving anywhere. You know, the kid's like, mom, let me go if you want <laughs> so I can run too. Let's not just chill Yeah, here. and you know what I think makes it more terrifying? Hmm. It's not a creature you can run from. It's not a not an wow. alligator you could climb a tree. Now, if you're running from a bear, you definitely don't want to climb a tree. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 in the water. You know, humans are they can swim. You know, I mean, it's it's a no fact we can swim, right? But we can't swim as fast as, as the aquatic animals. Yeah. You know, just like if again, if alligator or crocodile or something like that's chasing, we'd be screwed. We'd be screwed on land and on water. But you know, I mean, these certain creatures. You know, like a lion. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be attacked. You don't want to run from that line. You want to drive away or something, you know. But with a, sh- a shark, you're pretty much lost until it's, you can get to land. It's the equivalent of being in a dream like in Freddy, right, and running up the stairs and have it be real muddy. Yes. Or you know those dreams yes. where you get stuck or you're running real slow for some reason and you can't get away? Right. I've had plenty of those. Yeah. But that's the same thing as in the water because you can only go so fast getting away and you know that shark's coming. That's why I just choose not to swim in it. <laughs> <laughs> because they could literally be anywhere. This is true. Nobody that, nobody predicts a shark attack before it right. happens. You know? And you also got to understand what kind of beaches you're at. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you go to some of the places in the Caribbean, they got sharks and stuff, but... You know, I, I d- never felt like we dealt with them so much, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot of in the Caribbean, they've got a lot, a lot of the coves and things like that, you know. I'm going to ask you a question right now that I want you to answer towards the end. What is the scariest animal to you in the world? And you don't have to answer now. Let's let's do this when we end or whatever, but be thinking about that. Okay. Um, okay, so anyways, the, the fake shark attack happens with the fin. He's like, he made me do it and everything, but... Also, the real shark goes into what they call a pond or whatever, but it's a lagoon, mm-hmm. and it kills a boater, but um, it kind of sw- starts swimming around all the kids, where Brody's son was one of those kids, and so he's getting drug- dragged out of there, because you don't really see what happens to him, and then the, the, the film makes a, a blatant attempt to look at the legs as he's coming, because you think the legs are going to be missing or yeah. something. And you just see that the kid just went into shock Mm -hmm. because he was so scared and everything. Yeah. He was uh, in that group of kids right when that Alex kid got eaten at the first, that first attack, you know, on the beach in the daytime. And then he was now next to this other shark attack that was happening. So he just went into shock. 
which I thought was, you know, another little tense moment where you're waiting to see if this kid got eaten up or something. But mm-hmm. um, finally, in the end, the, the mayor realizes, you know, and he's like, look, my kids were on this beach, too. So you could see that he did have kids. He's just just didn't understand the severity of the situation. This is a great white, Larry, a big one. And any shark expert in the world will tell you it's a killer. It's a man eater. Look, the situation is that apparently a great white shark has staked a claim in the waters off Amity Island. And he is going to continue to feed here as long as there is food in the water. And there's no limit to what he's going to do. I mean, we've already had three incidents. Two people killed inside of a week, and it's going to happen again. It happened before. The Jersey Beach. 1916, there were five Five people people chewed up in the surf. In one week. Tell them about the swimmers. A shark is attracted to the exact kind of splashing and activity that occurs whenever human beings go in swimming. You cannot avoid it. If you open the beaches on the 4th of July, it's like ringing the dinner bell, for Christ's sake. Look, sakes. Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of a boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. It was Ben Gardner's boat. It was all chewed up. I helped tow it in. You, sh- you should have seen him. Where, where is that tooth? Did you see it, Broden? No, I didn't see it. He, he dropped it. Yet. I had an accident. Way in. And what did you say the name of this shark is? It's a Carcaridon Carcarius. It's a great white. You, you don't have the tooth. Look, we depend on the summer people here for our very lives. You are not going and to have a summer unless you deal with this problem. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. I mean, we're going to have to tell the Coast Guard. Mr. Vaughan, you have to contact the shark we're research We're going to have to put extra deputies on because every nothing in the world is going to come in here. I don't think one of you are familiar with our problems. I think that I am familiar with the fact that you are going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you on the ass. But people like Hooper who know these animals you know and know what they're capable because well, he's of. if you think about it he's smart this is what he does you know what i mean i mean just that's why kind of like the uh the sheriff was in the middle of those two personalities you know you've got the the mayor who's got the power who who just kind of wants to sweep everything under the rug then you got the genius who doesn't have the power who's kind of like uh you know telling facts here and saying hey this is what's going on this is what needs to be done then you have the sheriff in between where he's got power and he kind of wants to sweep some of this under the rug because he wants his town to just go back to arresting karate club members for karate chopping uh um uh picket fences you know he wants everything to go back to that way but also at the same time he's like you know i called this guy i want this guy to give us his the facts here and I'm thinking of it logically because, you know, that mayor's not thinking of it logically. And then the, the Hooper's overthinking yeah. it logically. You know what I mean? So the sheriff's got to be kind of in the middle guy. And, you know, we find out at the end, he's the one that ends up, uh, you know, and you saw the foreshadowing on that, didn't you? How so? With the tank. Damn it, Martin. This is compressed air. Well, what the hell kind of a knot was that? You pull the wrong one. You screw around with these tanks and they're going to blow up. He's like, if you hit these tanks over it'll explode which we know that they won't explode no no mythbusters is already correct taking care of that but the fact that 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 they were behind the ladder and then he he almost knocked one of them over like it was like you know a a glass bottle or something you know protecting it in that sense but But i mean the shot didn't get to uh or quint didn't get too irritated by it he's like next time you just ask me which line to pull right (laughs) but but you know what i mean it's like there was so much foreshadowing. If you've never seen this movie, you would have probably known how this movie ended. Yeah, yeah. And how and that's they would what have I'm saying. The it. kid with the red trunks. I mean, that's 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 brilliant uh, uh, filmmaking by yeah. by Steven Spielberg. No scene is wasted, and that's how 
that's how it should be. You know, you have so many amateur directors, or not that I can say much. I'm not a director, but I mean, you could see it in that so many directors they're just trying to get these scenes to look right, to look like a professional movie, instead of saying, "How can I utilize every single scene I shoot?" towards the story because everything should be foreshadowed because that allows you to then show instead of tell if you have to talk a lot through the movie it's because not a lot's been shown but if you foreshadow and utilize every single scene with clues with visual cues with foreshadowing and everything then you don't have to tell as much you can show and audiences will get it because you've set that up well do you want let me ask you a uh, a loaded question oh geez I usually keep my questions unloaded. Okay, for well, safety. This question is loaded. <laughs> this question is loaded in the sense that do you think that when directors do that kind of thing, are they peeing in the wind? Do which kind of thing? You know, with the with the foreshadowing and the the red trunks and uh, you know, Schindler's list with the red kid because you know, you got to understand that probably less than half the percentage of people that watch these movies catch those things yeah now that's do you, true but do you think you know with especially with these directors and here, this is why it's loaded because i'm asking mm-hmm. a couple of different questions in this one question um do you think that the director Just as long as the magazines okay gotcha yeah so so you get the directors that put this stuff in there are they peeing in the wind in the sense of you know really just yeah i mean i know that they want to do it but then they also sit there oh i'm not doing it for the awards the only people that are going to catch those little details and those little things you know are the people that are going to give them the rewards so how do you think you know a director can literally you know especially one of the greats like spielberg and and uh george lucas and all these guys you know when they say oh I'm, i'm not doing it for the rewards i'm doing it for the art or whatnot but in reality, speak you know in, ra- in rational thinking, you know, you're doing it for the award because normal movie watchers that are going to be paying you this god awful amount of money to do your art, so you know they're not going to pick up on that stuff. So my my I guess my answer to that is is loaded as well. Um, it's funny you say it because there is a, a little clip you can find out there of the night that the nominations were uh, announced for the year that this movie came out or whatever whenever this was eligible for it um, he was telling whoever was holding the camera he's like you watch we're going to be nominated we're going to blow away the competition we're going to get all these nominations and he was expecting to get a nomination himself now the the movie did win, win three Oscars I think best editing sound and uh, score obviously for John Williams um, but oh, we should talk about him, by the way. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Okay. But he's—you can see Steven Spielberg is really let down in that same video because then you see like an hour later when the announcements, when they were announced, the nominees, he didn't get nominated because not—it's not—and and and I can see why he's mad like that because he's not really mad. He was bummed. He was really yeah. deflated and everything like that because he wasn't actually being the one rewarded so much because I mean he he directed it. But he probably did a lot of the editing, right? He probably did some of the editing, at least. But he has editors to do all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, he was getting it for editing. And then the sound, obviously, John Williams. I mean, he he had to know that that was going to happen, you know, just like every director. But I don't know, maybe John Williams, because John Williams really wasn't the cream of the crop at the time in 75, right? 
Uh, he was coming up. He was coming up, but he but wasn't. He wasn't of, like caliber. This is he definitely is today. one of his first major, right? If not his first major, I, I don't know. Forgive me, I don't know John Williams's history. I know what I could tell John Williams score, and I know all the movies and stuff, but I don't know like his trajectory. But yeah, I have to imagine this is really when he started to blow up. But to say that. Steven Spielberg has always struck me as somebody who cares about his art, though, as well, yeah. and that he cares he cares about not being pigeonholed and everything. But um, I think that yes, not a lot of people will pick up on all those different visual cues like we will, where we sit there and point them out and analyze it. But I think they're picking it up subconsciously. I think as a film uh, film goer, there are certain ways the camera moves, so. Okay, so the one shot where the Alex kid got killed, um, that first shot, you know, they talked about the uh, dolly zoom and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, before that happened, it was like an establishing shot where it kind of zoomed in on this person that was uh, playing fetch with the dog. Uh-huh. And another uh, woman who was by herself about to go in. And it was kind of slowly following them. And just as it got to where she was passing the kid, it stopped at the kid and then started coming the other way and started kind of focusing on the kid and talking with his mom and everything like that. And you see he's got red shorts. But then as he's walking away, it kind of zooms out and you're now the kid's not in focus as much. And then he kind of goes off screen as the camera stops on Brody's face. And that's all yeah. in one shot. Well, and you so, know, and that, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, so, so it's showing you without telling you what you should pay attention to because there's a lot of things that it goes on but then it kind of focuses on this and this and and you know it shows you what's going to be important the guy loses his dog earlier you're scared for him that one woman who is swimming you thought she was about to get got but it was just the bad bad hat harry mm-hmm. well then you finally figure out it's that one kid you know who who is the one that got got and that whole thing it's showing you that you should pay attention to this but as it zooms out it shows brody's not paying attention to it so we as the audience should pay attention to that kid the main character is not so i think and it didn't like do anything obvious it was very subtle the way the camera work moved and i think it shows this subconscious way of setting up for the audience like hey why don't you pay attention to this? We're not going to point it out by any characters, but just by the camera movement. Now you're paying attention to these different things that the actors are not, but now you're like waiting for the actor to see that and you have that extra suspense. So, I mean, that's just one example of where I think that even though you, not everybody will catch it and point it out or whatever, I think it's a kind of a subconscious and some people might just fly right over their heads, you know? You know, we have our our parents that that you know popcorn eaters or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know you tell them stuff like that, and they're like, oh, okay. But you know, deep down, they probably their subconscious caught it, even if they weren't aware. And I think that's just good filmmaking. That's good directing. A good vision. Yeah, and I, you know, when they're on that beach, you know, I, I just had flashbacks watching that movie. I felt like I was on a on watching the first part of a Friday the Thirteenth movie. You know, where all the kids yeah. were drinking by the fire and all that stuff. Yep. Like it just automatically, you know, I was like, man, this is like Friday the Thirteenth. Do you opening. remember Friday the Thirteenth Part Two? How that started? Uh-uh. It started with kind of doing a real quick recap of Part One. It has images, all the scenes that happen in Part mm-hmm. One, but it's being told by this character. It's one of the main characters in Part Two. He's telling all the rest of the counselors about like what happened here, mm-hmm. and it was supposedly like a year ago or something yeah. like that. But you know, he's telling everybody about what happened, about how Jason came back and 
or maybe it was his mother and everything. But yeah, it's slowly going in on this this group of kids around yeah. the fire, and that yeah, it reminded me exactly of that. I mean, it's the same era. I mean, Freddie came out in nineteen eight, or sorry, Jason came out in nineteen eighty, so it's a few years after that. But I'm sure that that type of thing was well. Slowing. I I think it had an opening like any other horror movie because i mean this was kind of billed as a horror movie right you open up with a kill so yeah, yeah i mean that's a typical so, horror movie so you know maybe it's just it was going along those same kind of lines which is kind of crazy for to have it being directed by spielberg and you know, I, you know what, what i have in my notes what's that J- uh, jaws is like jason yes a mindless mm-hmm. it's nothing personal yeah he's just gonna go and kill everybody it's like it's like it's like that you hit him on the head once he's gonna come at you You keep hitting him on the head he's gonna still come at you you know you hit him on the head once and run he might not come after you same thing happened with the shark you know you stab him once oh he's coming after you you're gonna attach some barrels to him he's gonna come after you more you think by still attacking him that's why like when that guy's driving off going you know 30 knots you know I'm like, stop going so fast. Stop pushing the boat. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like there with Hooper and 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 um, um, oh my gosh, the sheriff. Oh, uh, Brody. Brody. I'm yeah. like Hooper and Brody. I'm like, slow down. Yeah. Take it slow. That shark will eventually probably catch up. Then you hit it again. You know, just play smart against. Don't just try to drive the stick down into the into the dash. You yeah. know, it's like, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, the things had enough to eat during the whole movie. It wouldn't need yes. to eat for another week. And then there's. They're not hunt. They're they're not warriors. They're no. predators. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're fighting for a cause. They're fight. They're they're killing to eat. Yes, that's yeah. all they're killing for. They're not thing. orcas. Like orcas are sh- are sharks like too. The boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But orcas, you know, they they kill for sport. They kill for sport. Right. You know, and and where great white sharks do not. They're mindless. Whales. You you hit Jason over the head or or push him down. And get out of Crystal Lake. Yeah, you know, you 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 hit the shark, you get the dang Coast Guard in there and get that. Which 70, is what? How many times did Brody bring up? We need to get the Coast Guard. Yeah, in the get mirror. a seventy six yeah. gun and shoot it right at at the shark, and I guarantee you got him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm just well, you know, bullets as MythBusters also prove, bullets will only go a certain way through the water. But yeah, you got to wait for it to service, and then yeah. you, then you kill it. But I mean, Quint, that whole thing when they're telling him to slow down, he was an obvious reference to Ahab, right? Yeah, I mean that was oh obviously that was absolutely very obvious. had the hat and everything. But yeah. you know, it's like it's like. Do like one of the idiots that were throwing the TNT and the the dynamite and stuff in the water. Just get a bunch of dynamite and just start. You know, once you see that shark near, just start blowing it up. When it starts coming at you, throw it at it. You well, that's know? what I, another thing. In I a big boat. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't understand. If they're shooting those spears or whatever, is there no way you can like attach some kind of explosive to that or something? Or or know. you know the whole poison thing. You know that obviously didn't work out. That should have worked out. You know, end up going to the bottom of the ocean, which. At that point, didn't seem very deep, did it? But, no, it didn't. Um, but it was the only. It's like one of the only movies that's been filmed actually on the ocean, yeah, and not on some soundstage in a pool, right? Right. And you think you know the ocean is probably going to be a lot deeper as far out as they were, you know? But it, it wasn't at that point apparently. But it's like you know, get a bunch of these drugs and and just blast it into that shark, yeah. Yeah, so the through the basically the three of them, Quint, Hooper, and Brody, they all go out into the ocean. They're like, okay, we're gonna take care of this shark. You know, they give him his ten thousand dollars and all that. Um, they 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 hunt for a while, and you know, they're they're trying to throw spears into it, and which they attach barrels. The barrels are supposed to help him uh, help keep the shark from you know diving too far under. But I guess the shark is so powerful, which they said I think they did that on MythBusters too. How much force you would actually need to pull 
that many barrels down underwater and everything. I mean, because, I mean, they give you the exact measurements of the shark, too. I mean, 25 yeah. feet long. He's like 20 feet more like 25. As much as the Mythbusters guys all worked, used to work in movies and special effects, yeah. they do a real good job of taking the fun out of them. <laughs> yes, they do. But you know what? People watch they the shows on purpose. add to you the know? fun, and then they take away yeah. from the fun. But that's, you know, the people that watch those kind of shows are probably people that are really into the movies, too. You know, yeah. the, the, the casual watchers really not going to take it seriously you know and, yeah and yeah so they get on that boat and and um that nighttime scene i really like yeah where, where they're singing and everything that and quint talks about you know the 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 attack on the indianapolis and you know talking about how they were all in the water that was such a dark dark thing in it the middle of that movie dark. like that whole movie's you know it's a horror movie but but when it got to that point, it was, like, so dark. Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. He was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady. just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Shark comes the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white, and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. But I was glad that that was the only one we had. Remember, we talked yeah. about take out all the fluff. But this was good because you did need a little bit of downtime. Because if you're always up here, you have no chance of getting a shock because you're already waiting for it, right? Yeah. They got to let you calm down a little bit so then you can get shocked again. Yeah. Well, they, you know, and, and it also proves that he's he's he is the badass that he portrays himself throughout the movie. But you probably know? very effective. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, here, and mentally. Know? But you have to be that way if you're hunting sharks. I mean, I'm sorry. If, if you want to physically want to hunt sharks. Yeah. I mean, because you know that he's he's not a... Um, uh, 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 he's not Hooper. Like he doesn't respect the creature. You're talking about Quint uh, or Brody. Quint. Quint's okay. not like Hooper in the sense that they're both the same exact people. They're pretty close. They, they're, they're almost obsessive. the same exact people, but they're they're obsessive. But one cares about the creatures. Yeah. The other one looks at them as prey. One respects them. Yes, one respects them. No, you you can't say well, Quint doesn't. Res respect yeah, because yeah. Quint would have to respect them, but to be able to attack them, but. I think I think I think 
Hooper's a lot more realistic in his respect. He has respect, but he knows we need to kill this thing before it right, kills right. us. He knows Whereas that Quint's like, we yeah, can take it. He knows sharks aren't fluffy little animals. Exactly. That, that and I'm sure Quint snuggle. doesn't either, but Quint is just obsessive. That's what we were saying about this Captain Ahab. I mean, when they're done singing and doing all that stuff, the, the shark rams into the boat, makes them lose power. They're trying to repair the engine in the morning. Brody tries to call the Coast Guard. But what does Quint do? Yeah, he, he bashes smashes the radio, the radio because yeah. he's so obsessed with killing the shark by himself, yeah. taking it on by himself, that he doesn't even want... I mean, like, they ram the hole. They're probably sinking. I mean, we know that they eventually do start sinking, but, you know, this is not a good situation. We have yeah. no more power left. What are we going to do? You're, so what, it's basically kind of a ripoff of, of, of uh, Ahab. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, it literally and, is. And in the book, I think um, there's not that big explosion. It's just the shark swimming towards Brody, and then it eventually just stops and dies. Which is kind of what happens with the whale, the great white whale, and Ahab, you know, and Ahab dies and everything. Yeah. But, um, anyways, they uh, they uh, they do the a, guy that's afraid of water and and being on boats is the one the that one ends that up survives. taking him down. Not Ahab, not the genius uh, uh, oceanographer or whatever he is, you know, not not the the expert, you know, he doesn't take him down. The the guy that hates water and hates boats and but yet lives on an island, which they. I thought it was awesome that they pointed that out so that, you know, the viewer wasn't like, okay, this guy is the sheriff of a town that's on an island that's afraid of water and afraid of going out into the ocean. How does that make any sense? And I'm glad, <laughs> you know, they pulled that the M&M thing, you know, it, where you basically tell them your faults so that people don't bring them up. Right, right, yeah. You know. You fill it up and then they ain't got, they ain't got to nothing say. to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So bleep, bleep. Um, so, anyways, they 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 put a bunch of those barrels, attach a bunch of those barrels to the shark, but then they also tie them off to the cleats. They don't want the cleats to be a break off because the shark at this point is dragging the boat backwards. Very hard thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. When you're towing a boat, you typically want to tow it. And is that really a, forward. a boat? You know, that's the best boat that they could find. Hey, it's the only one that, that had a captain that wanted to go out and do that stuff. So yeah. they wanted to get to shallow waters. So they're like, all right, well, let's try something else because as they get to shallow waters and stuff, it's it's ta- overtaxes the engine and the engine's out again. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, well, let's try this cage. So Hooper gets into cage to go under so there. So stupid. It, it is, but I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of showing that like Hooper's scared, but he knows shit needs to get done. So. Yeah, but we already know that though that's the problem is that we we already know that hooper's pretty much yeah he's scared but he knows he has to get stuff done it's not really like he has a choice yeah like where they're at in the middle of the ocean on a boat without a radio they already at that point you yeah. know thro- let's go throw a cage it's like it's like throwing um um a, uh what is it throwing something in an op- open wound assault in assault an in an open wound yeah. it's like Let's let's go ahead and throw this cage in there that we know he can literally Chum carry the water with all your smell. Yes, and carry bottles, uh, you know, or barrels under the yeah. water. Pretty much take a sh- a whole uh, ship down. Yeah, you know, with just his teeth, but just it, out of revenge. Uh, an <laughs> aluminum cage is okay. You know what I mean? It's like that's dumb. Yeah. In the movie, uh, adulterous Hooper meets his end in that cage and ends up getting killed and everything. But every time I watch this movie, I forget that he runs and hides. Until the end, I always forget it. I don't know. I don't know why I forget it. But he's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna let them try to handle it. If exactly. they don't, then I'm pretty much screwed myself." But we're gonna see what's gonna happen. Not uh, yeah. let me get up there and try to help him out. Well, it's he had like, no choice. He had to run. He had true. to go somewhere and everything. Go get but, the po- the poison stick and drive it into his eyes or something when he's not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Enough force. I'm sure you could find a soft spot. So that those scenes of the shark attack in the cage, obviously you could tell it's a real shark and right. everything. So that's one of, one of the only scenes in the movie where you have the real shark. I mean, they got a few different images and everything, but 
this one attacking the shark it's actually by a couple that that uh, documentary filmmakers and they went out on the coast of australia where there's a lot of great white sharks and they actually got the shot of this shark destroying this cage which is why people are like hey let's go swim with sharks let's go get you can get one of the cage no thank you i don't care how safe it is nowadays no. it's never going to be safe no. enough for me but um anyways they filmed this and because uh the the uh they filmed an actor and they got a short they got a real real short person like under five foot to make it look like the sharks were bigger like they wanted it in the movie so you know you got five foot ten six foot richard dreyfus being played by somebody under five foot you know makes the shark look that much bigger but the, the person actually in the break of of them filming those scenes you know he happened to be outside of the cage and that's when the shark destroyed the cage it just mm-hmm. happened to be but if you look at that the shots don't show a body in there so they had to figure out a way to get Hooper outside of that cage. And so that's why Hooper survived in the movie is just because that shot that the documentary filmmakers got had nobody in the cage when it was being attacked by the shark. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting that just because of, you know, a random shot with nobody in there, it's like, okay, well, I guess Hooper survives. Let's have him swim down to the bottom and hide in the bottom of the ocean, which yeah. I wouldn't think it's the best place to hide. But I guess, right. you know, sharks have a harder problem getting down there. But... Um, so, anyways, he uh, you know that's the that's the plan is to to stab it when he's in there. Obviously, um, you know it attacks it. Uh, and doesn't he uh, drop? He drops the spear uh, when mm-hmm. the shark attacks it and everything. Anyways, he swims down and, and you think he might be dead or whatever, but he swims down to go hide at the bottom. He's hanging out with Nemo. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the the boat gets attacked. The jaws stay. Or the uh, the shark Bruce, uh, you know, comes up on the boat. It eats Quint. Um, so I was watching a YouTube video. It was like, it's I can't remember what it's called, but it's that one YouTube channel where the dude dresses up like an alien and he pretends to be an alien reviewing Earth movies. So he always gets all the information wrong. Oh. So he says something like, Quint tries to, uh, kicking the shark. Because, <laughs> I mean, and when you see somebody say that and you see the scene of him, like, literally putting his feet up and kicking at the shark, you're, he's like, uh, this guy tried this one. Quint's trying to kick the shark and everything, but it was it was hilarious. But I, I wonder if sharks, you know, I kind of feel like sharks wouldn't attack people that way. I've I don't think we they, don't, they physically can't do that. Well, probably not that way. But, yeah, I've, I've heard that they that were not very tasty. Well, that too. But, like, you know, being up on a boat. Like I feel there'd be less chance that they'd uh, yeah. they try to bite you up on the boat because they're out of their element, yeah. you know. So like underwater, yeah, I can now see the biting you still on the water, and that's where they get all their power from. But. Right, right. But I mean, even then, it's like you would still feel that they <coughs> kind of like it'd be like a, a lion dropping into a lake or something like that and trying to hunt fish, you know, in a way. Yeah. I, and I've heard that sharks will die if they stop swimming or something like that. Like they never yeah. stop swimming. I don't know. I'm not a shark expert, but no. anyways, he, uh, he, like you said, he leaps onto the boat, kills Quentin, kill and eats him and stuff. And as he's doing that, uh, Brody shoves a, a scuba tank into the shark's mouth. Um, then he goes up onto the crow's nest, and as the boat's coming down and sinking, it starts co- uh, coming closer and closer and closer until what is it that he says? Fire, you son of a! Yeah, so then he uh, shoots the air tank, which also has been disproved by MythBusters. Or, you know. or. And we're going to see on our next episode, we're going to see how you can't shoot a gas tank 
and it explode automatically. Yes, get prepared. That's, for that's this a little hint. Secret. Little hint. Yeah, uh, the secret episode we have for you guys next week. Yes, you cannot um, shoot a uh, you cannot shoot a gas tank, and it's not going to explode like that. And you can't shoot a gas tank, and it's going to just explode the car unless you're in a badass action movie. See, see, we're we're we know our movies. <laughs> I mean, just bringing it back to that, we know our movies. That's right. That's right. So we know now that you know gas tanks, air tanks, whatever. Because you, know, you you can pour like you can it. pour gasoline on a match and it'll go out. But if you hold the ga- the match above the gas in from the fumes, uh, it will catch fire. Yeah, that's what's catching fire is the fumes. It's not the actual liquid of the gas necessarily. Yeah, MythBusters explains it a lot better yeah. than we. I, I watched that too. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 you know I thought Spielberg did a pretty awesome job right at the end with the way he was shooting the scenery. Now, when I say that, it's it's he you see you see the land, especially if you were in you know a sailor in the military like I was, you know, uh, you know I was a sailor and everything. So, you know, you you could see the the land, you know, in the very very background of this film. But you know, the way he filmed it, he made it look like they were a lot further out. When in reality, when certain scenes you could see behind them, you could see the cape and you could see the the uh, the land and everything else like that. But you know, when you're first watching this shark attack, when then three first go out, you think that they're so far out that there's no land around. But when he starts to shoot in certain different areas, you can see the land behind him. Yeah, and they kind of shoot in a lagoon or whatever, so you have land on both sides, but very far away. So you can kind of shoot this way and see the land, or you can shoot straight out to the ocean or whatever. Yeah. But right behind it, land's probably pretty close, and you right. got a bunch of other boats with film equipment and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I like the shot, or I like the, uh, the, the line, I got no spit. Yeah. yeah, that's a famous line from this movie. Whenever he, you know, he's trying to put his goggles on, and you know, the, the uh, divers, you know, they'll put spit in their goggles so they don't fog, fog up. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, I got no spit. You know, because he's so scared about what he's about to do. And I think if I went into a cage like that, I don't think I'd have any spit either. But um, the orca was actually it was actually used from another boater or whatever they paid him to use it. And then they came back after a while and paid him a ungodly amount of money to buy it for real so they keep it at Universal Studios. Yeah. Spielberg went to go and see it one time and he saw it wasn't there anymore. And what he found out that apparently they just taken chainsaws too. They just chopped the whole thing up. Wow. And destroyed it. And he was pissed. I mean, who does that? I don't know if they were planning on using it, you know, because they have that Jaws ride now and everything. Yeah. I don't know if they were planning on using it for whatever, but that's a shame yeah. that, they, that they did that to that iconic yeah i mean that i guess you could say that ship is a character too, yeah you know it is it is the orca i mean that's what's more popular from jaws besides yeah. those three guys the, the shark and the ship mm-hmm. so yeah yeah anyways uh did you like this movie no i love this movie yeah it was great sweet um is that what's shaking is that me no, that's me. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like, no, I was doing my legs too. I was wondering if that was shaking you as well. <laughs> but um, okay, cool. Uh, what's what's the scariest animal out there? You think? I'd have to say probably like a water moccasin. Really, that would freak you out. I had a bad so you didn't like a uh, uh, lonesome dove. No, and and <laughs> I had a bad bad. It was the only thing I had a bad run in with. I guess they're very very poisonous. I know. Well, it was. Me and Dad were at a uh, we're on a boat, and I believe it was like Lake Jackson, right? And we're outside the boat. Or was it Canyon Lake? 
Uh, could be. Because we, we got on a boat in Kenya Lake, too. And I just remember, it might have been, it might have been, but uh, I just remember there's people saying there was a snake in the water, so Dad just picked me up by my shirt I remember and launched that. me into the boat. I remember that. You know, I was and, there, too. Yeah, and, and it just is kind of terrifying because we were having to push the boat because the boat, like, the engine died or something, yeah, you know, and so. both of us up in there. Yeah, or something, but I just remember him doing that, and that, that just then, you know, just being in water with a snake that can move as fast as they do, and being in the water and knowing that you really can't go any faster than that snake, you know, same thing with sharks too, but you can be in certain areas where you don't have to worry about sharks, you know, and you know where sharks are not going to be. Water moccasins can be in anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. That's kind of terrifying myself. I think anacondas too, in a way. Yeah. Not like regular, like other snakes, poison snakes, they don't, I'm not terrified like that, but anacondas, the fact that they eat you slowly and digest you, I mean, yeah, they'll probably break all your bones and then you're slowly getting swallowed probably alive i'm sure there's people that have been swallowed alive yeah because i think the venom only just paralyzes you yeah so they could eat you and that's even if they have venom so it's like a matter of like you're sitting there and i mean yeah your back's probably broken just to get you into there and your arms and everything shoulders but well there's that one mean you're dead there's that one in a condom movie uh, with John Voight where it eats him and then it regurgitates him. Remember, he like winks, winks. at Jennifer Lopez before yes. he drops dead. <laughs> I think I was watching that with like the wife and she was just like, she's like, why did he just wink? I said, because he's not fully digested. Because yeah, it's got to be creepy. Yeah. I think a stingray probably. I mean, that's what killed uh, Steve Irwin. You mm-hmm. know, the, the he got pierced in the chest yep. by a stingray barb yep. and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, as much as I was, you know, I've been in the Coast Guard, did my time and everything. I do not like the ocean. The ocean terrifies me. Um, there's so much unknown about it. It's, it's, it's unimaginably deep and filled with things that we don't even know about. And the thought, yeah. I think the scariest thought for me is to be out in the middle of the ocean just treading water. I have been. I have. Uh, well, yeah. and I know. I know. I know you got your swim calls and everything like yeah. that that you have to do. But, Imagine not being in a boat, not having a life jacket or whatever, just treading water in the middle of the ocean. I don't think I could think of a more terrifying thing. I was on a boat for years, and I always had that fear, you know, of just going overboard and then, you know, you being out in the middle of the ocean, completely dark. I mean, the only, the moon is yeah. the only light You guys source. don't understand. Blackout on the ocean, if especially if it's cloudy or if there's no moon and starlight above, it's black. And as long as I... You, you don't go out into the wild. You don't have to worry about this. <laughs> I mean, we get Stay coyotes house all day. here and everything, but that's about it. Um, all right, cool. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this? This moved up on your list, though, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to have to go moves. back. I'm going to see if I can go back and listen to that top ten yeah. uh, sometimes before we do next week's episode and uh, see where we're sitting. Maybe we can talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit, but uh, see where we're sitting, see if see if that's knocked it down or moved it around at all. So Yeah. All right, cool. I had fun watching this movie. Uh, if you guys uh, get a chance, please watch this movie. Uh, it's on Peacock right now. Um, but even if it's not, it's worth a rent. It, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's obviously dated with clothing and, you know, uh, some of the stuff, but it's really, it's just as fun and terrifying as it was back in the day, yep. I think, for the most part. It, so. That part has not changed. Yeah. So definitely give this one a watch. Um, I think you will enjoy it. And uh, let us know if if this movie is still as good 
uh, for you guys watching it or if you think it's lost any kind of its luster uh, in the years that have gone by. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, uh, except for Twitter, we're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com. We're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a shot.